everybody. Welcome to Pale in Comparison, a proud member of the Doof Network. In this podcast, my sister uses her knowledge of the otherverse to take a look at Pact, the only wild bow web serial shorter than the Bible, and I try to not give away any spoilers. I'm Jenny, and Malia convinced me to read Worm. I'm Malia, and Jenny convinced me to read everything else. This episode, we are covering Subordination, chapters 6.7 and 6.8. Before we get into that, however, I'd like to issue a spoiler warning. This podcast is filled with pale spoilers. If you don't know whether Mariska ever apologizes to Alpie for being a shit friend and don't want us to tell you, stop now, read Pale, and come back to this podcast. As for Pact, there will be full spoilers through the chapters we are covering. All right. Um, quick chapter summary. Uh, Rose, well, maybe not that quick, but quickish. <laughs> <laughs> Rose talks Blake through the different summoning options. Maggie comes by and offers to help Rose with the summoning. Blake ends up confiding in Evan and Tiffany that something about Maggie seems off. They end up facing an army of mannequins, and Rose summons Midge. Midge does a good deal of damage. Rose is mostly unable to control her, but is able to bind her again in the end. Afterwards, everyone plans their next steps. They set up camp in and out of the spirit world. What did you think of these chapters, Malia? Um, so I was wrong. Woo! <laughs> and I'm very happy I was wrong. <laughs> Uh, yeah they were good i don't know we're, we're moving along we're we're getting there it, i every arc i'm like and this will be the last arc we're in toronto and i'm starting to feel like this is not the last arc we're in toronto <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see um it is a long arc so maybe we will get through some no we're, okay yep no <laughs> these are packed size chapters not pale size chapters so <laughs> that's true um yeah, yeah. All right. Um, let me see. So we'll start with Rose going through the different options for the summoning. Yeah. So none of them were demons. Yay. <laughs> um, which I was surprised at. Um, but also like, it makes sense, right? Like maybe it's like Blake is really seeing Rose in a certain light. Um, and that's influencing how I'm seeing Rose. She does bring up demons and summoning them, but I appreciate that. Like she's like, look, there are things that we can summon that aren't that. Um, mm-hmm. It's a bummer that they're all like scaring bad sounding. Um, yeah, but I, I mean, guess a lot of yeah. others are scary and bad sounding. And then, yeah, what were you saying? I was like, it's basically like still out of the devil's handbook, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I mean, it's got to be kind of evil and bad sounding. Right. But I was happy that she doesn't suggest demons. I'm happy that Blake listens to her. And, like, ultimately, I think this was a good idea, even if it didn't work. And I don't like that people died. But yeah. um, I don't know. This doesn't feel like a complete catastrophe to me. It just feels it feels like, oh, that, that was shit. But also, Rose should be allowed. Worse. Right. It could have been super worse. Um, it would have been worse if they hadn't, you know picked a relatively okay candidate for this summoning and if um i don't know i just i think that rose should be able to exercise more agency in the physical Mm -hmm. world and i'm glad that we're heading in that direction okay (laughs) let me see yeah um yeah but i thought it was really cute at the beginning um evan and rose's relationship is really interesting i want to see them interact more um because it's clear that Rose, I mean, Rose wouldn't have picked Evan for Blake's familiar, right? Yeah. But um, 
I think he's really growing on her. Um, and she's like, yeah, I can tell that you two are kind of a good match. Um, and just the fact that like, they don't sleep. And so finally she has someone else to talk to her. Um, when everyone else is sleeping and that's really nice. Um, I, I don't know. It's really interesting. And I'm just curious as to like that dynamic. Um, Mm -hmm. I guess she, it's like when Rose is like, Oh, he would have been my first pick or even my second. I'm like, okay, but, like, so one of your picks would have been, like, the Bloody Mary woman or, like, because I think Rose is, like, I would have wanted something stronger mm-hmm. and or something that is able to interact with physical objects easier than Evan. Yeah. Um, or in a more precise way than Evan. Um, but none of them. <laughs> it doesn't feel like one of the, like, scary options that Grandma has in her books would be a great choice at this point i think it's much more important that they have a familiar that they like and can trust than they have like a powerful familiar who they're always like are we both fucked yeah that's fair um, yeah. evan's adorable so he's so cute um yeah i i mean but again like i think this goes okay i'm it's nice blake hears her out um it's sad that rose doesn't expect blake to even hear her out which shows the state of like their relationship and their opinions of each other. But also mm-hmm. like, like looking back, like of course Blake was going to hear her out, but also like they don't have the best relationship. And I could yeah. see a world where Blake was just like, no. Um, but I, I don't know. I was proud of Blake for listening. I was proud of Rose for like articulating why she wants this and being prepared with different options and not being too upset when Blake was like, that one sounds like Terrible. a no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think I expected her to use poos. Like, at the end of the last chapter, it sounded like she wanted to get a new thing. But I think I was thinking that, like, Rose would... I would. I was thinking that poos would have been used by now. But we're not ramping up quite as quickly as I thought we'd be. So... That's good. Yes. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about... At least we're Let's talk about the people or <laughs> the summoning options that she lined out. <sighs> Yeah, that's, yeah. Um, Which I, you have to say to start off, like, doesn't this show what a good imagination Wildbo has? Totally. Um, yeah. Yeah, I feel like um, it's, you know, somewhat well known among people who, like, are in the community that Wildbo, I think the there's, like, the gardener analogy for writers and then, like, the architect. Um, I think the architect is, like, totally planned out from the beginning before they even write. And the gardener is like, yeah, I have an idea and a vision, but also I'm planting seeds and maybe some of them will come to fruition and maybe Mm. they won't. Mm -hmm. And so when I get like a list of things like this, um, it's like, I totally think we could see some of these come into the story. Um, The Bloody Mary one in particular sounds, well, the Bloody Mary one and James Corbidade both sound kind of perfect. Um, The Bloody Mary for Rose and then James Corbidade for um Blake mm-hmm. um uh, like okay we're just gonna start with Bloody Mary Bloody Mary lady um sounds like it would be a really bad idea considering the fact that Midge reacts to Rose summoning her by just trying to like murder her or whatever and the Bloody Mary only goes after women and can go into the mirror and part of me is like oh if she was your familiar maybe you could get out like she can get out but she wants to kill women in mirrors <laughs> Yeah. So maybe this is the best place for you. <laughs> uh, um, did, did you ever do the Bloody Mary thing? Like when you were in like grade school or, or middle school? 
I remember there like being like conversations and stuff about it. I think I was way too freaked out to do it, but I feel like at like slumber parties or something, sometimes girls would go off and like say they were gonna do it or something. I just yeah. feel like why do you want to summon the ghost of a woman who wants to kill you? <laughs> like what's the, what's the goal? I don't fully remember. In the story or in Bloody Mary? In Bloody Mary, isn't she still supposed to, like, murder you or something? Or is it just, like, you're just supposed to see her? And that's, like... Like, what's the incentive for people doing this? I'm trying to remember, um, like, why... Because I know I've done it before and, I mean, nothing happened. Um, (laughs) But I think I was... I think I did it at the same time as Corinne, who is like one of my good friends growing up and like she freaked out and ran away i think <laughs> but um i don't i think it's just supposed to be like you see something creepy or like she maybe can come mm. out of the mirror but mm-hmm. it was just like you know the, one of those things to like if you're brave enough you'll do it um that's true you do prove that you're yeah but it looks like i mean the original bloody mary was you know mary tudor mm-hmm. so um her bloody reign against the protestants apparently <coughs> so bummer. Bummer for protestants. <laughs> that's a bummer <laughs> so <laughs> um yeah so that's kind of interesting i remember hearing one thing where it was like yeah if you do it she like your reflection will be outlined in red and i that was like that sounds sort of familiar yeah yeah um nothing happened i think i don't have good enough i, I don't know i just <laughs> I've always said, like, you know, whether or not anyone listening to this believes ghosts are real or not, whether they are real or not, I feel like I would just be utterly unaffected. Not because, like, I'm a badass or not scared or anything, but I think I'm just that out of touch which with, like, <laughs> spiritual stuff, you know? Um, I feel like I just wouldn't fucking notice or just would, like, would be like, okay, do-do-do. Um, yeah. So... Uh, <laughs> Growing up, this is why you had the bed with your feet pointed directly at the door and not me. Was that the reason? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was like, maybe maybe that's why I'm like this, because I just would uh, like, you know, just had, to, had to grow me. and adapt. Because, <laughs> yeah, I don't think I, I never had night paralysis, which helped. Uh, I never had the night marchers actually march on my chest that I can remember. Um, yeah. Did we have any doors that were like straight across from the other two in our house? I don't think so, but because I feel like cause that's another thing too that like I think. What in- about the the one coming up from the garage and mom and dad's bedroom? I can't remember exactly where that they're was. They're not. They're not right across from each other. I don't think. Okay, that's the only one I can think of that was a maybe because yeah. that like opens like a doorway to like the spirit realm, right? Like in, I think Sounds in Japanese right. culture, I think or something. Um. So we didn't have that. We just had the night marcher thing, which apparently I just slept through. So, woo! <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's like I've had other like people I've talked to, like one of my friends from nursing school, like is like very in tune to like spiritual stuff and like has legit like seen ghosts and heard like ghosts and all that stuff. And I'm just like, man, it's like scary. Uh, it's scary. And I, if I had been there, I guarantee I would not have felt a thing. <laughs> So, uh, which I guess there's good and bad things about that, but at least I don't know. <laughs> um, anywho, yes, Bloody Mary sounds really creepy, and I really like that he put her into the mm-hmm. story because it's kind of neat to bring like uh um some you know something from like 
like a myth or something from like mm-hmm. the real world, like into a book and kind of give your own spin on it. So, and I, I like that. I think it Rose or something mentioned. She's like one of the nine others that like make up the bloody Mary myth as like an explanation for like why it's so widespread, but also varies mm-hmm. a little bit. And she's also not like, she's not like ridiculously powerful. Whereas, you know, if it was like, they were all, the story's talking about the exact same other. Maybe that's, like, too much because it's the human conception of whatever that, like, makes the thing and they feed off each other. Uh-huh. Um, and I just sort of liked that thread in there that, like, yeah, there's eight other ones. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this also kind of shows, like, because we don't really get to see much in the story, I feel like, from Blake's point of view, but, like, how brave or courageous like roses mm. and i feel like just the fact that like this is like her first one that she brings up which is like a terrifying mirror lady who like mutilates women and that's one that she's like yeah you know i mean this one will like, listen to me <laughs> <laughs> well i'm just like man you like got some cojones yeah you know yeah um yeah so then the second one she brings up is the tallow man um mm-hmm. who died and something about him hating his family i don't remember exactly why but like he like he got stabbed a bunch and they he kept like he was a candle maker and oh, so he kept killing his wounds killed him and that's why they all yeah. jail at the end right and he kept filling his wounds with candle wax and that Made kept him from going. the fat of his relatives that he killed yes <laughs> Um, and then the church candles melted in. <laughs> which is just, just kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, which frankly yeah. sounds like uh, maybe the best option in some ways, but you wrote please no, so maybe you disagree with me. Um, I Well, I think just like the week to fire is not great. And True. I'm not sure about... I think my please no was kind of in response to like Midge went so poorly that I'm not sure that this guy would go super well, but definitely out of the three before Midge, best mm-hmm. best option, definitely, which is horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, um, and then we've got the James Corviday. Yeah. Um, so they think maybe he's a boogeyman. Um, the people in the old days thought he was a demon of the seventh choir, which is the unrest. Um, demon i wonder if i get like a quarter of a point for that since i picked that if they picked a demon it would be the unrest one even though they didn't pick him and he is not an unrest demon. <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's our podcast so if you want to give yourself a quarter point you know hmm. i'm not gonna say no <laughs> um i think it's funny that he or i guess like i don't get the connection between the bird theme and the whole inconvenient connections thing where he like makes it so you hate the thing that is your favorite thing or something, or he so you hate people in your life. Um, but I meant to ask Ben. So because yeah. like corvids are like crows and ravens. Only um, his boyfriend's like a bird expert. He is a birder, um, and so they're all the like the the smart, clever birds. Clever birds. Um, other birds are probably pretty smart, um, but like. Blue Jays and um, Rooks. Rooks are Corvids. Um, There's a bunch of them. And I was trying to figure out if there's some sort of stereotype about Corvids and 
turning people against each other or something, but I can't mm. quite um, figure it out. It feels like we're going to see this dude because of the bird theme, but also we could just totally not. So I guess, and then, so yeah, so this guy forges inconvenient connections, which just saying that is like, well, how bad could that be? But then it sounds like it's pretty fucking terrible. Um, mm-hmm. Like it can fuck you up your whole life. Um, yeah. So, uh, and then we have Midge that she mentions as well, um, which uh, I'm trying to remember when they actually talked about Midge. I think, I think they talk about her end. when Maggie shows up. Yeah. Um, and I don't love the term subhuman. Um, I wonder if there's other terms for referring to that classification of others. Um, I mean, it it's interesting in that they're people who became others because of their isolation and whatever. Um, mm-hmm. possi- or possibly became others or whatever. But I don't know, just the term subhuman, you know, sucks. But Yeah, I mean, you have to kind of think, though, this is like the practitioner community. Right. So they're like, you know, yeah. Um, said. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, so I think like a lot of her family like died and or were captured. Um, and it's interesting because it's like, ah, yes, like big, strong woman who lives out in the whatever and like i think i was kind of thinking kind of like caveman ogre which comes with the implication that they're dumb um mm-hmm. and i think that rose and blake were also thinking that that was the case and then later Mag- mm-hmm. you know when the, all the shit's going down maggie's like or fell somebody's like oh no they're not like dumb they're just like they don't know social things but no yeah. they're smart and i, yeah, I like that like, there was that <laughs> twist on it yeah. um but it was also just like I, I like it's like it did sort of prick at my preconceptions about what Mitch was going to be like, but it's also like, oh, that was really important for y'all to know. Yeah, <laughs> before you summoned her, yeah. and you didn't. So I guess looking back, like, because um, I mean, we'll obviously get to Midge. Um, so I, I guess you could tell me if it's better to bring this up over there. But I was basically going to ask you, like, in, in terms of those four options. Was she the best choice right now, or would one of the other three have been a better first summoning choice? In your I opinion? mean, based on what they ended up facing, Midge was the best. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think the Bloody Mary woman would have been very effective against an army. I mean, maybe if they're all like female mannequins, that <laughs> like she would have <laughs> fucked them up. Um, yeah. But I'm not positive. Um, the Tallow Man probably would have been really fucked up by like the explosions and everything. Um, and then like. Mm-hmm. James Corvidae doesn't seem to, I mean, maybe he could have like fucked up the connections between the dolls and each other and the, their, the sisters or whatever. Um, but it seemed like they just kind of needed the things destroyed fast and and, and was perfect. (laughs) Sure. And I'm like, in terms of how the summoning, well, we'll get there actually. I won't go into all that yet. Um, But basically, Maggie arrives, seems a little bit too eager for the conflict, and she and Rose go off to summon something. Yay! Yay! Um, I thought that I was really confused by what was happening. I don't know if Wild Bo wanted this part to be as confusing as it was, but the, like, do you maybe want to tell your friend here to drop their weapon? I was like, who's talking? What's going on? And it took me, I couldn't quite figure out even if it was, like, Maggie with a weapon or Tiff. And, like, I understood it definitely the second time and i was like oh this is kind of funny it made sense but at first i was like what um and i was excited to see her uh was like how did you get here so fast um i was like like what do you 
do you expect her to do if you didn't expect her to come here and fight? If you were like, hey, come here. And you're like, maybe we could have talked on the phone. I'm like, what are you talking um, Yeah. Yeah. I think he just, you know, wanted backup and, like, at least some uh, advice and counsel. So I think he was, like, kind of figuring, at least she can tell me stuff over the phone. Um, sure. But. Um, yeah. One thing that I noticed was, so I thought that she had made a, maybe we haven't seen her promise and I'm just misremembering, but I thought she, like, had promised to stop swearing or something. Um, but it, it seems like um, it's not just that. She has to remember to not swear, but that there's mm-hmm. something external that stops her from being able to speak. Um, because she, you know, almost said something was she like, was saying what if, something was nasty, I think. Right. Would have made like something that could have been like a slight sexual innuendo <laughs> if it was interpreted in a certain way. And she was like, Really? Like, what the fuck? I didn't even mean anything by that. Um, whereas like if what I was thinking was just like if she said the bad swears or whatever, like someone she would get forsworn. Um, but it, it's not like that and I don't really get it. Um, and it's more interesting than I realized. Uh, mm. um, and I don't know if she's like made a promise with some goblin that's now living in her head um, who stops her from swearing. <laughs> Does that sound like a goblin thing to do, Malia? But well, Toad Swallow doesn't like swearing <laughs> when there's children around. Um, yeah. Do you think that he's your average goblin? No. <laughs> um, maybe it's Patrick. That would make sense. Um, How would... Okay. They were talking at the beginning and... In terms of like him making a promise to her? Or him or making like, her I mean, a promise to not whatever. And then... Okay. I, but I don't know why he'd be in her head. Um, hmm. Okay. <laughs> 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 so, um, like, I guess I'm like, why... Are you are you saying like someone's literally in her head, or she? Are you saying that like they she made a promise and like their promise or, or something is like coming back to her mind, and that's why? Because that's kind of a weird thing to think like that. Yes, Pat, like Podrick, Patrick, whatever is literally in her head. <laughs> okay, so it feels like, and again, brief Wheel of Time spoilers, whatever, whatever. Um, in the Wheel of Time, right? Like magic users can't lie. They've like yeah. made a promise to not lie. And okay. what that means is if they try to, it's like Jim Carrey and liar, liar, right? If they try to say something that they don't believe is true, they uh-huh. physically can't. Right. And it feels like Maggie is like physically unable to say naughty language. Sure. Um, whereas in the practitioner world, if you say, I promise to never swear again. And then like, you could physically two and a half seconds later be like, fuck and then you'd be forsworn, and then everything would suck. But it feels like there's something... I assumed it was just, like, a promise, and not that there's some weird physical thing preventing her from being able to speak. But because yeah. she doesn't believe sometimes that she's about to swear, and she can't keep talking, there's something there, and I don't know what it is. So it's not literally like there's someone in her head being like, don't say it, but just something like that. I don't know. Okay. I guess we'll see if we find out that that, that story later. Um... Let's see here. Yeah, but this is like the swearing thing's been like since we knew her though. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, um Yeah, but it's it's kind of fun seeing Maggie show up like, you know, fresh eyed and excited about the practice. Um mm-hmm. it's interesting how the plan was to give Maggie the goblin sword 
And now we don't want to give Maggie the goblin sword. Because to be honest, it she doesn't feel different to me. Okay. Um, I don't know if we want to get to that part. Oh, one thing I wanted to say was it's funny that she um, refers to Laird as Mr. Behame. Just something about that was really funny. And yeah. then Rose at one point to Blake, where Blake's like, oh, he's so like holier than thou. And Rose is like, no, Blake, he literally might be holier than us. And I thought that was really fucking funny. And Blake was yeah. like, don't say that. And I was like, Blake, it was funny. <laughs> it was really funny. And also true. Really funny. funny. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> we can move on to suspicions. Okay. Um, Unless there was something. Let me see. Yeah, if you don't have anything else, um, we'll move on to the next part. Basically, Blake, um, after Maggie and Rose go off to summon midge turns or like work on the summoning for midge um blake ends up confiding in evan and tiffany that maggie seems different and he doesn't know if he can trust her the same way yeah i mean i think that's smart um i don't think they should give maggie the big goblin sword without a lot of like like carefully worded oaths around it um not because I think that Maggie is like a bad person, but something that we uh-huh. know that Blake doesn't know, and I'd forgotten that Blake doesn't know this, is that Maggie is looking for three instances of like fire and blood or whatever it's called. I think I, whatever the specifics were. Okay. Um, yeah. Because she knows that those things are going to like happen to slash around her. And she's like, to me, it's like she's looking for ways to make that prophecy come true in the least bad way possible. Um, and so she's like, she wants Blake and Rose to like summon shit in this contest. And she's very excited about it because yeah, it's like limited danger. Obviously lots of people are dying, but it's not as bad as like everyone in her town being like totally fucked up. Right. Like not all of Toronto is dying. Um, she's like, I think very much accepted the fact, well, not, she's, she knows or believes that these things are going to have to happen. And so she's seeing this as an opportunity to make it as not bad as possible. And Mm -hmm. I think that in Maggie's shoes, I would totally be on board and like excited about this opportunity in the same way. Um, Cause especially for her, like if her side loses, like, I don't know, she goes home. Like (laughs) she has like, yeah, the only thing she, I mean, presuming she doesn't die or whatever in the process, but yeah. Um, this is a great opportunity for her in a really fucked up way. Um, okay, yeah, I can see that. Sure. Yeah, and so I don't think anything has changed. It, she okay. doesn't seem any different to me because I kn- I've known that she has this prophecy thing since before, since like Arc Two or whatever. Um, and I feel like maybe that's what's throwing Blake off. Um, but yeah. also like she. Confess to murdering your cousin, basically. And he's like, I trusted her as much as I trusted any stranger. And I'm like, no. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you kind of tried to get over it and like, whatever, because you need allies and, you know, you borrowed Dick's Wizzle or whatever. But it was like, uh, you don't get it. Do you think like he's just kind of feeling the aftershock of it sinking in that she killed Molly and that's why he doesn't trust her? Or do you think like there's something that is going on with Blake that makes it like where like his thing is altered or do you think that like something about Maggie is different you're missing something or like I don't know what do you like there's like a lot of different things it could be right right I mean I definitely could be missing something with Maggie but I like 
with Paige, I'm like, Paige was a different fucking person. Um, yeah. Maggie doesn't feel that different to me. Um, okay. It, it, it seems a lot to me that, you know, Maggie acting, well, I mean, she's always been opportunistic um, in trying to get the books from Blake and trying to, like, do whatever. She's willing to be violent, as evidenced by her killing Molly. Um, or at least thinking that she killed Molly. I'm still not positive that she did. Um, sure. And um, she also, like, this is incredibly consistent with the whole prophecy shit. Um, and I'm thinking that maybe Blake, because Blake doesn't know about that. Uh-huh. He's like, this is weird. She's different. But it's just like, there's a unique thing happening that is allowing her to do this thing that's totally in line with her character. Like, okay. So you think, like. Just because, like, the situation that he's never seen her, like, around is occurring. She's responding, like, appropriately to that situation. And he's just not used to that, basically. I think so. But then on the okay. other hand, like, Mo- like killing Molly was supposed to be one of these situations. Um, uh-huh. And I don't know why he doesn't ever think, like, well, yeah, she killed my fucking cousin. So, of course, she's willing to something. Um, I Blake has you know, bled himself out in a lot of things over the past week. So yeah. um, it could totally be something has changed with Blake, but um, I have no idea if that is the case. Okay. Yeah. Cause I know like we say when, you know, if you lose a lot of your yourself, like other spirits and things can like inhabit. Get in there. Yeah. Okay. So there could be something like that. Okay. Um, Any other comments at the moment? Um. I don't know why he doesn't just tell Evan that he doesn't want Maggie to know about the sword. Because Evan is like, why'd you bring that out here? Because Evan is obviously very concerned about the hyena. And he's like, because I feel like I should. And I'm like, say, like, because I'm not sure that I want Maggie to know about this yet. And so I think I should keep it with me. <laughs> so that the goblin raider <laughs> princess doesn't touch the sword. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Um, I'm going to go on to our next part, which is basically like, they end up coming against an army of vessels, um, or mannequin looking things, with elemental runes inscribed on them, and Rose summons Midge. Um, yeah, these things are weird, um, but fun. I thought it was fun, you know, thinking about the different elemental runes and what they all meant, and like, you know, I think I figured out the, I don't remember, I just, it was kind of a fun little puzzle. Um. Mm-hmm. And um, it reminded me of the pilot to the newest run of Doctor Who or whatever. I've seen very little Doctor Who, but the first one has like mannequins that come to life or whatever. Sorry for spoilers or I, something. Yeah, I think I've seen that episode. Um, <laughs> I yeah, I would have thought of too. Yeah, <laughs> um, which was kind of fun, and it's I mean it's fun imagining Midge just like fucking beat the shit out of these things, and like um, again, she seems like a really great. Like, if we were in a space where collateral damage was not possible, this would have been perfect. Like, if we were in a space where there literally weren't any other people around (laughs) um, who could be hurt, like, this would have been great. Um, Other than, you know, I guess property damage of the windows and all that shit. Um, But she was very well positioned to be able to just, like, demolish these things. Yeah. Um, So it's a a bummer that this doesn't go super well, but... um, Yeah, it is. It is um, a bummer. The other thing was in this area, there's like the five big elements in Pact, um, with like wood or metal being the last one. Uh-huh. And I think it's interesting that it's brought up 
again, like, wood is a dying element, and Rose had the wood, and, like, like he's like, I wonder if Rose noticed. And it's like, this feels like one of those things that hopefully Wild Bo will, like, come out and tell me what is happening and why this is significant. <laughs> um, it does feel important, doesn't it? Yes. And it's, I mean, it's interesting because I keep thinking about, they like, they almost phrase or frame the wood as, like, a bad choice. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, not what you should go with, like, not the right call or whatever. But the Kennetiers picked Holly. Um, and it was seen yeah. as, like, very not a big deal as to which one they chose. Like, yeah. Avery was just like, the Holly sounds nice. And it was like, cool, moving on. Whereas this, it keeps being brought back up. Um, and it feels like, oh, no, the Holly, like, you're practice will be weaker because you're like not with the times or something. It's like the implication to me, but I don't, that doesn't yeah. feel right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then men just chuck in the, the robots or whatever, <laughs> the man, the dolls <laughs> yeah. at the people. And then they realize, Oh no, she's chucking them at Rose. <laughs> yeah. She's trying to straight up like, um, and I'm like, I guess I don't understand enough about, summonings and stuff to understand what's happening. Yeah. But Maggie's like, yeah, Midge isn't sworn to any oaths. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> and then she's like, but she has to follow instructions. I'm like, why does she have to follow instructions? <laughs> like, what are you saying? I'm assuming she's still sworn to the seal because it seems like that's just sort of a given. Although yeah. every once in a while they're like, maybe this one thing isn't. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. I don't get it. Um, Fel seems to think that everything Maggie said made sense, so I guess summoning others that aren't sworn to any oaths and assuming they're going to follow the instructions is a thing. I, I get how, like, there was a loophole in this case, um, but... I'm kind of curious, like, <laughs> just because, like, in this kind of the beginning of uh, uh, 6.8, you know, they're talking... Um, let me find this real quick. Um... Yeah, like, Fel and Maggie and Blake are kind of talking, and, um, you know, Blake's asking, like, she's not listening to Rose, and Maggie says, experience tells me you've got to wait for the right moment. And then Fel comments, Blake said you were a novice. And then Maggie <laughs> says, I'm a firm believer in making up for a lack of quantity and experience with quality. Um, let's see if she finished quality experience, says that you either get the bad others. Uh, I'm trying to remember if she actually finished her sentence. <laughs> Um, doo, 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 doo. she may have, and I'm just skipping over it. But basically, um, I guess I'm curious what you what your thoughts are on that. If that's like just a coincidence, or if that does kind of tie up to what Blake thinks that she's suspicious, or if, if is Blake's attitude rubbing off on some of the others, and like he's just being super paranoid because this is like pretty reasonable. Um, because she does have a lot of like, I mean. Even if she's newer, she does have a lot of experience in certain things, at least, right? So, so you're saying like Fel questioning her is? I, I'm suspicious? not saying anything. I'm just asking you, like, if you, because th- I'm like Fel questioning her could be nothing. It could be suspicious. It could be Blake, like, um, kind of like imposing his like suspicions on others. Um, it could be his attitude kind of rubbing off on some of the others. Um, I was like. Just curious if that, like, um, I don't know, if you paid attention to that or if that was kind of like a nothing moment. Um, yeah, I guess I didn't really pay too much attention to it. I sort of just assumed that, like, with younger 
practitioners, people assume that they don't know what they're doing as much. And Blake also said that she's like new at this. Um, That's true. And so Fel was just sort of like, like, oh, who are you to like, speak so authoritatively about this? Yeah. Um, like, you kind of know what you're doing. At least a little bit. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. I thought he said it, yeah, is more of a challenging thing as opposed to like a, he said you were a novice and you obviously know what you're doing. Um, it, it might be challenging. I don't know. I mean, yeah. it, be, it might be challenging. It might be just like a, oh, I thought blah, 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 blah. So, but like yeah. if it, if it is challenging, then does Felth? seem like she's being suspicious or like why is he being challenging it just felt like a fell is vaguely contrarian and doesn't really trust people vibe and not a that's true or is it just blake well because i mean like later fell is just immediately like we have a goblin sword isn't that for you so i don't think fell is like being incredibly suspicious of her because i feel like you wouldn't bring up the demon goblin sword um that's true if you weren't like yep is this the plan yeah um i'm not saying anything one way or the other i was just curious on your read of it and obviously like it seems like it didn't really like catch your attention um i feel like yeah not really so that's no big deal i was just curious yeah all right um it is interesting that i mean so midge is like trying to cut rose off right and that's part of what's happening with um why she isn't able to like tell her to cut it out but it Uh also like something about I guess, so I'm still confused about Rose's practice. Um, They both did the awakening ritual, but the stuff didn't move around for Rose. And at -hmm. one point she said, oh, that thing I thought was the site. Now I don't think it is like, and I was going off of, oh, it didn't work for a bit. Um, Yeah. But then she's able to like draw circles and like do other stuff. And I mean, I guess a lot of others can sort of do things. I'm trying to think about like if Edith, um, but (sighs) I don't really think of others doing things that way. I guess, I mean, Matthew, um, but he's like almost not another. Yeah. Um, but, um, and then the whole thing where like Rose didn't have a power source. So Maggie was the one who had to technically do the summoning and like transfer it to Rose. And like yeah. Rose was the one who spoke. Um, but also like part of me was like, was that, is that because Rose is in a mirror world where the spirits are not, is that because Rose can't actually practice in the, like like a practitioner can? Is that because just because literally she didn't have a power source and Maggie was like cool and everything else was like totally chill? I just like don't quite get what was happening. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, yeah, but so Midge is throwing the things to cut Rose off before she can like order her to come back or whatever. But she does have to do it a whole bunch of times. Yeah. And... I don't know if this is like a rule of three thing or like what, but it, it does seem like this was a little bit harder than it should have been. I don't know. Yeah. Well, cause she was saying like Midge kept like um, throwing crap at her to like interrupt her, which made her word, word like less powerful basically. Mm-hmm. So she had to That's like true. be really powerful, like say really powerful stuff to bring her back. Right. Um, and I mean, we'll get there, but kind of talked about what went wrong in terms of the instructions. Or what Rose thinks. Um, but Blake, uh, this is a very short part, but Blake helps to save Fell's car. Oh, I love this. I love their weird, like, I love Blake and Fell's relationship. It's just very um, fun. Very, yeah. Um, very outward hate, some inner grudging respect. <laughs> right. And like, um, they under 
understand each other in certain ways because like Blake is like, I get the thing about your car. I feel a very similar way about my bike. Um, and so I like that he was like, oh yeah, we, because Val was justifying it with a whole bunch of like important practical considerations about yeah. we need my car to be able to get around. And it's like, yep, you're right. Um, but I feel like Blake really was prioritizing in his mind that like, this is Val's baby mm-hmm. and he needs it. Yeah. Um, Blake saw through all that. Basically. <laughs> He's like, yeah, right. sure. And it, and it was, <laughs> Nice. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was. <laughs> um, after a lot of trouble, uh, Rose is able to rebind Midge, and Blake suspects that trouble in the wording may have come from Maggie. Right. So to go over this, just to see if I understand it, uh-huh. it was like in the wording, the instruction was go defeat all of our enemies and then come back here so I can find you again. Mm-hmm. But because she wasn't the one who defeated all of the enemies um, because other people helped. She wasn't able to fulfill the terms of the contract, Mm -hmm. whatever. And therefore it made it to where like she didn't have to come back or something, but then she still did once. I mean, Oh, but I guess Rose had to do like an imperfect ceiling or something. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Um, Yeah. I, 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 it's interesting about the whole, I guess they should have put something in there about like once because to me it's like once our enemies have been defeated if you don't specify all or whatever like maybe she wouldn't kill all of them and then if you say um yeah like once you defeat all our enemies or yeah or once you defeat our enemies maybe she wouldn't kill all of them or like once they have been defeated maybe she'd just stand there until someone else did it or something like I'm like uh once our you and our allies have defeated our enemies, I guess would be the best way to get around that. Yeah. Um, or like as many enemies as possible for you or, you know. Yeah. It almost just seems to me like you should have sworn her oaths or something. I don't know. I mean, I guess after like, so Rose thinks that like, this is kind of the issue, right? Um, do you think that with, other summoning she's gonna have that same kind of problem now that she kind of tackled this bit or do you think there's other sneaky wording issues that may come into play well i'm also still concerned that there's practice issues and Uh rose is an other but she is a vestige of a practitioner but she is in a mirror world where other people you know like i'm I'm like worried about that um but she did seal her like she did do the thing so um yeah um i i i see there being potentially some problems still but i think that rose will learn and like fix the mistakes as she goes um okay i bet maybe they didn't do the whole oaths and stuff because they like didn't have enough time to negotiate they were kind of like we gotta go you know yeah and so this whole binding with specific or summoning with specific instructions was faster um Mm -hmm. although i guess riskier um also, I want to pour one out for Dick Swizzle and, like, the very nonchalant way that he was brutally murdered yeah. <laughs> and barely commented upon. I was like, Dick Swizzle was, like, cool and helped you. Um, yeah. So now I'm sad. I know. Poor Dick Swizzle. What a great name, too. Right? I know. I was so happy to see that he hadn't been, like, eaten by the goblet or by the <laughs> splinter. Um, yeah. And then it was like, nope. <laughs> like, nope. He just gets... He just unceremoniously is completely slaughtered. Yeah, um, it's, it's a bummer. And it is a very much a packed thing for that to be a sentence and not like, let's mourn over this. 
beautiful creature that we have lost. Yes. Although, I don't know if let's mourn over this beautiful creature we have lost would have been said in pale for a goblin. Sure. Um, but, like, the, the sentiment. Yes. <laughs> um, I also wonder if we're ever going to learn what any of this fucking shit that Rose talks about is, or if it's just, like, background banana magic, because she's like, by the sixth seal of the second star's first name in the light on the second blah 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 blah. And blah, it's blah, like, blah, it all blah, blah. it sounds fucking cool and i have no fucking idea what she's saying <laughs> yeah i mean uh i guess we'll see like i'm hoping that this there aren't like seven seals that correspond to the seven circles or something um she's also not a demon yeah true but she ain't a demon um yeah she's her pause skeeter if i remember correctly rummage yes Skeeter, he called you mosquito. I was like, huh. Kind of cute. Kind of, but also, like, <laughs> not really, you know, but like, you know, you do you. <laughs> Fair. Um, but yeah, um, I thought it was weird that they were sort of like, yeah, the sisters are going to have to go back to work, so we should keep this going through the weekend. And I was like, wait, like, it's just like, I gotta go to my day job, like, bye? <laughs> like, is that really happening like i guess practitioners are just like fucking people hey, I mean, but it's really funny rent. to imagine just like all right all right i'm gonna <laughs> go back to i don't know i mean i was gonna say mickey D's. right i'm sure like, they don't work go at mickey d's to my office but, job on monday i can't yeah. you know afford the time at this stage so my just... like insurance salesman job you know <laughs> yeah uh jeez <laughs> what sort of day job with an elementalist have i wonder like it feels like a lot of practitioners line up their careers kind you of you know i wonder if they actually could be insurance salesmen <sighs> and the re- you know because i'm like yeah. they f- fuck up an area with some storms for a bit and be like <laughs> hey you know you guys really should get some insurance <laughs> and we're just the people to help and then it just so happens it stops fucking that shit up after they get the insurance right. and it's like hey but you know it happened before so it's good to be safe than sorry and that'll be three hundred dollars or something <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> you know um yeah i wonder i mean chronomancy's obviously just super useful all the time i wouldn't have necessarily immediately thought cop but i wonder mm-hmm. um how much it helps the behames probably would help i'm also the elementalist a weatherman that's like the really obvious one. <laughs> That's like really obvious. Um, or maybe like a farmer, something with oh. crops, like you know, can grow, yeah. c- control the what. I mean, that's very mundane. But I mean, I feel like that's kind of a lot. Like, I feel like you have to like, you better not fucking like awaken to become an elementalist, <laughs> like because to help out your farm, you know, <laughs> like that's not a good life choice. No. But. <laughs> What is, it? is this going to be the next discussion question? Like, based on your profession, what would you, like, <gasps> practice be? Yeah, I love it. All right. I'm going to write that down. Cool. All right. So, after all that shizzle, um, everyone comes together to plan the next steps. And they decide to camp out in the spirit world and the real world. World. Can't speak. It's rough. Yeah. Um. I think... I mean, I feel bad for, like, Tiffany and Ty and Alexis, who, like, are, you know, alone, like, hiding in various parts of the spirit world, like, hoping that people don't come murder them. Um, that sucks. Um, I think the idea of, like, 
not just playing on Conquest's playing field is a good one, but I don't necessarily think going back to the real world is, because there are protections yeah. in the spirit world for the normies. Um, but I, I mean, it's neat, like, narratively seeing, oh, this is what Mitch looked like from this side, like, this is what y'all did, this is now on Blake's conscience. Um, yeah. Yeah. He really should have just made those guys aware. <laughs> well, it's funny, because, like, like, Goosh and Joel just, like, fucked off. Like, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> like, they were, you know, obviously not gonna go see Conquest and shit, but it's just funny that it was just like, alright, bye. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. Alright, any other comments about these chapters? No, just, I don't know, we're chugging along. I'm excited to see what happens, and I'm really excited for some fucking answers just about some ba- some stuff. Just want a All couple right. more. <laughs> cool. Alright. Pale in comparison section. Um, we could potentially Woo! talk about. Um, I was thinking because Maggie, um, in terms of like being a young practitioner, um, and I guess compared to like um, our trio being relatively r- young and new practitioners and expectations. Hmm. Um, or you wrote we could just talk more about Millie's interlude, <laughs> which we could. <laughs> what do you want to talk about? Um, maybe we'll do a little of both. Um, okay. Yeah. It's interesting with the Kenneteers. I don't know if other practitioners can just sort of tell, like, oh, these girls have a lot of fucking power. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, they are... People do look at them like, oh, you're a child. But then, you know, take them seriously enough, often. Um, yeah. Avery's on the Council of Thunder Bay, just like any other practitioner in the area. Um, I mean, a lot of people are kind of like, oh, I'm going to be stronger than you. But, like, with the exception of, like, the man whose name I'm completely forgetting because he's dead now and it doesn't matter. Um, the forger yeah. guy. The what? Not the family man, but the other one. <laughs> the one the family man kills in Verona's domain ritual. Oh, um, the foreman? Yeah! Um, Did you say the like, forger guy? Yeah, I was having a hard time. <laughs> it's right. um, it sounded close enough. <laughs> the like the foreman was man. like, I'm a man and you're children and that means I'm better. Um, and I mean, there was the thing with Bristow being like, haha, you are a child. But yeah, I don't know. It Whereas like Maggie in Jacob's Bell and stuff doesn't get nearly as much respect. But I think uh-huh. a lot of that is like her power and her access and shit. I think if Maggie like was she like, really has to like scrounge for you right. know, everything. Right. It's like Blake not having like a source of power and stuff, except she also like doesn't have any books. Um, Whereas if she was more like Liberty or in America in terms of like her proficiency as a goblin princess, I think she would get a lot more um, respect in the area. Sure. Um, People would still be like you goblins, but it wouldn't be like, I don't know as I feel like she's very looked down upon in James Bell. Yeah. I could see that. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, Okay. Um, Let's see. What more about Millie's interlude do you want to go over? Um, so I was listening to the Pale Reflections, uh, arc. Fuck, is it 16? What fucking arc are they on? I'm kind of behind with listening to them, to be perfectly honest, but. Um, whatever arc just finished in Pale. Give me a second. Yeah, arc 16. That's horrifying. Okay, with the arc 16 wrap up, (laughs) Uh um, they, um, were all talking about, like, they talked a lot about Millie's interlude. And, um, you know, like, why does the practice exist? And, like, what are practitioners supposed to do? And, like, in an ideal world, 
the practice would be, you know, people keeping other people safe from uh-huh. really bad shit, right? So, like, yeah. the sealers would be, like, what the practice is um, back in the day when it was, like, developing and stuff. Um, it's all about protecting humans from the scary others. Um, but as humans become more and more dominant, um, a lot of practitioners are able to, like, fuck off and just do shit for their own gain. Yeah. Um, and it just, I don't know if what finally made it click for me, but it really, really reminded me of Black Lamb's Blood and um, the idea that, you know, this is, like, Diabolus ought to be sealers. Yeah. Um, that Diabolus, like, can do a lot of really great things for the world if they go out and, like, bind demons um, and then don't use them to destroy everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it made me think about, like, it, it, like Diabolus have really, really horrible karma and have a whole bunch of, like, stigma against them because they, like, work with demons. Um, sealers have really good karma, but have, like, no respect in the practitioner community because they don't have a lot of power because they're not exploiting the things that they're sealing. Yeah. Um, and so much of their time and shit is just taken up by, like, reinforcing that crap. Um, and the assumption is just, like, and you won't use that against us because if they did, they'd be bad people, but also, like, I don't know, it's just, like, um, and then I was thinking about Templars that I still don't fully understand, and just in terms of, like, do sealers ever fuck with demons? Yeah. It seems like sealers should secure demons if they ever could, but wouldn't that make them a Templar or a Diabolist? Um, mm-hmm. and, I don't know, just, like, big questions about why does the practice exist, and how do we live in a universe and interact with others and keep ourselves safe and yeah, just the, the very similar goals that being a diabolist and being a sealer, for instance, could have. Uh huh. And like the incredibly disparate impacts of those professions on their lives. And, um, but like yeah. also they're both shitty. <laughs> I think it's, yeah, it's one of those things where like, you know, they say, you know, they always say like, you know, someone who's going to be, like, a good leader doesn't want to be. Mm. I feel like it's kind of the same thing for practitioners. Mm. You know, if you are if you want to do it to, like, have magic and all the fun stuff, you're doing it for yourself. Um, mm. If you're doing it, like, um, because, I mean, the trio got, basically got asked to do it to look into this, like, murder. Um mm-hmm. And they're pretty good kids anyway. Um, or teenagers, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but, or even like Blake, you know, he's kind of forced into it. He doesn't want to use demons or anything. Um, hmm. But like everyone else who argue has like a lot better karma um, than Blake, at least you could make arguments that they're not necessarily as good of people in certain ways because they're trying to use all that power and everything for themselves like to better themselves Mm -hmm. personally um so that's that's hard because like um i guess unlike public office and we get enough issue with corruption in that anyway um there's not just one spot you know like anybody Mm -hmm. can be awakened if they want um so that and anyone who's kind of hears about it and wants to i mean granted they may have good reasons um for wanting more power, but a lot of people are going to not be the necessarily best kind of people because they're going to want power. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of a hard thing. 
uh, how do you regulate who gets to do that? Yeah. I, yeah, it, it feels like also, how do you build structures that reward like people being, like, yeah. Yeah. Like reward people like sealers or reward people right. who are trying to like protect and make it a better world. Um, right. Not the current system that's written about here. Um, right. It, it sort of reminds me of law um, and how the people who are willing and passionate about like serving public interest um Mm -hmm. get fucked and the people who just want a bunch of money and stuff like it is really important that often hurt people and get a lot of money for it and i mean if you're in big law you have to work absolutely insane hours and you know you're also very likely to like become an alcoholic and all that shit but like yeah it's frustrating that teachers and um public defenders and Lots of other people in our society workers and, right, um, aren't compensated for the like public good that they do because mm-hmm. individuals who have their own interests and want to keep their money are paying people. Exactly. I mean, I would argue nurses as well, but I'm not going to lie. Like nurses get a lot better comp- compensation, at least in the United States, than um, like teachers, um, for instance. Sure. Um, in the UK and different other countries were granted they may have much better health insurance, but, <laughs> um, and I do wish that, you know, we would have more, we could follow some of their example in certain ways. I mean, it wouldn't be perfect exactly, but like, I mean, something needs to change in this country <laughs> in terms of health, health insurance. But, um, I think part of that, um, nurses, uh, don't, get, t- don't tend to get paid as well because of that, unfortunately. Sure, yeah. Um, and, yeah, there's a lot. It's it's yeah. Like if you have if you're willing to step on people, and granted, I'm not saying every businessman is stepping on people, but there's a lot of businessmen and different people that are high up and get high salaries that have gotten there by stepping on people, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that is more rewarded in society than people who are in it to help others. And extra sad thing about that is the visit, like the type of jobs where you're in it to help other people or um like. Or I mean, even just any like job where you're working your ass off and you're not making a lot of money, like mm-hmm. you're a lot more likely to get burned out. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are positions like we really need people in, or mm-hmm. like, um, and yeah, it's hard. I don't know. I feel like something's got to change. I know that there's like a lot of talk with like right now with like I know, the Great Resignation, and um, <laughs> I mean. I don't know, like what you've heard about, like the anti-work subreddit and all that. <laughs> mm. But um, I think I don't know. Generally, like I think most people on that subreddit, from what I've heard, like tend to not be against working, but it's more like they don't want to be working for people who are going to treat them like crap. Like they want people who are going to treat them well, give good benefits, good compensation. You know, because that's our life. You know, we spend a pretty solid chunk of time working. Um, we deserve to get some good benefit from that totally. um, it's hard <laughs> it's hard being a like a grown-up and getting to see like how crappy the world i mean the world's really good in a lot of ways but it's easy to be kind of pessimistic as well about things because mm-hmm. it's like uh like i'm doing my part by you know trying to vote for who i think could be good or vote you know certain people habit <laughs> Um, out of office, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
<laughs> um, but it's very difficult because there are some people that really, really want to cling on to, you know, um, I don't know. It it seems like a lot of people really want to cling on to someone just based on the label that they have. And mm-hmm. they're like, they're a Republican and they say they're a Christian. So they must be a good Christian and they're a <laughs> Republican. So that means they must be a good Christian and a good Republican. And I mean, never mind the fact that Abbott's done a lot of really crappy shit to people um, mm-hmm. and passed a lot of really bad uh, laws and things. I mean, and you know, it's not just Republicans. Like there are plenty of democratic candidates that are very guilty of that as well. Um, mm-hmm. Like don't get me started on Biden and bankruptcy for student loans. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, it's, <laughs> that's all just American stuff, but there's a lot of corruption and leadership across the world as well. And it's frustrating. Like, yeah, but I guess if it was, I don't know, like, so this <laughs> that kind of reflects real life in a lot of ways more than uh, I wish it did. Yeah, yeah, it sucks. It does suck. Anyway, <laughs> I'm really good at going on tangents. But um, anything else you'd like to add to that, Malia? Um, I did want to ask you. Um, uh huh. Given so Millie's interlude, right? Um, you said that you think that the only right choice was to free those kids, and I'm wondering mm-hmm. if, given the fact that we know that the Yorkman still has somewhat of a tie on them if you have changed your mind. And I think it's totally cool if you're like, no, it was still super right. <laughs> I was just curious. I still think it's the right choice, um, largely because like we kind of have to look at the knowledge that Millie had at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, frankly, I mean, I don't know. In my opinion, even with that knowledge that he still has a tie, I feel like there's still a chance, you know, that they can right. get back to the family. It seems like there's, yeah. That's and possible. yes. Um, and so I kind of feel like, I mean, sure you can like, if she ends up summoning him like several more times and ends up like letting him take a bunch more kids and stuff like that, then you can be like, okay, as a whole, that was really bad. But I think in terms of that one choice, I still think overall it was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I still stand by that myself. Yeah. I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I don't know. I mean, I, it's like, personally, I um felt really affected by the argument that like, saying yes once will make it easier to say yes in the future. Um, I feel like that's something I've seen in myself where um sometimes being like, uh, maybe this is fine, leads to just like, like, okay, something mundane, right? Like not reading for class or whatever. Um, In law school, you really do need to read for your classes. Um, mm-hmm. And um kind of letting that slip and like, oh, I'll play video games, you know, and like catch up later or whatever just leads to it being like easier and easier for me to like do that. And then it blows up and then I have to work really hard to not do that. And that's not even really sure. like a moral decision. Um, yeah. I think that Millie loves children. Um, uh-huh. And so maybe in her case, there's a decent chance that she like wouldn't ever agree to a situation where a kid would be hurt. Um, yeah. So um, that's kind of what I would be banking on, honestly. Um, yeah. Not to mention, I mean, because I, I know that I feel like part of the draw um, is like seeing how powerful he would be and how like, I mean, how much he could potentially do. Um, and mm-hmm. she explicitly was like, don't kill them, just stall. And she didn't stay to watch. Mm-hmm. So to me, 
I don't know. I'm kind of just like, I mean, like, sure, they got away. Um, but it's not like she got a ton from, like, she didn't get, like, her territory, like, back right at that moment or anything, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. She still ended up getting kind of screwed and mm-hmm. trapped. So I feel like, it. I don't know. I feel like you could argue, and I dare say I am arguing, <laughs> <laughs> that um, the benefit and, like, win, I guess, or, like, the gain she got out of that whole situation wasn't necessarily enough for her to be like, yeah, this is so worth it. I'm going to let them take a couple kids next time, you know? <laughs> um, but I don't know. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. All right. I think that is a very interesting thought experiment, and I do really like her interlude. It's fun to go back to. Um, but now we are going to move on to Malia's bold and specific prediction section. Woo! Woo! Which is blank. So that's Woo! exciting. <laughs> um, so I, I made a prediction earlier that we're going to see the Bloody Mary lady and James Corbidae. Um, okay. And I, I, I was trying to think of Rose, like, so there's a chance that Rose will never have a familiar. Right. But I think there's a decent chance. And I was thinking of like, what would she pick? Um, I mean, at the very least relating to Rose, finding some sort of like reliable companion, person that can help her until she gets out of the mirror. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if I'm like, Bloody Mary is too obvious or like, no, nah, Rose really needs to, find a demon is familiar because that'd be funny very rose but also i just uh, i wish i knew what grandma rose's familiar was i can't remember it's the cat right whatever the what thing was did the cat <laughs> what was the cat um because i think that helped um and I'm i do want to up with honey yeah go for it i want to ask in terms of her prediction um in terms of like the whole suspicion with maggie thing so like I, I know you, I feel like you're leaning more towards like it being something with Blake, right? Or is that wrong? Like, like it's in Blake's like some, something's going on, but it's nothing's but it's actually really changed. But nothing's really changed. Like, do you think it's just him being paranoid, or do you think something's actually going on with him? Like that there's like a spirit or something that like is making him see otherwise, or are you thinking it's just like um, the new situation that like he's not accustomed to seeing her in? Like, is there something supernatural going on, or is he just being, like, kind of untrusting with this new situation? I don't know. In my head, I'm really tying the whole... I'm tying Maggie and Paige together, kind of, in terms of, like, Maggie does not seem different to me, but Paige seemed insanely different to me. Um, And, I mean, Blake Hmm. was kind of like, oh, like, that sucks that she says we weren't friends, because I thought we were friends, but okay. Um, Whereas now he's like, Maggie's different. And I'm like, is there something about... Being physically present in Jacob's Bell that makes people different. <laughs> um, mm. Because when we saw Rose and Jacob's Bell, sorry, Rose, I always do that. We saw Paige and Jacob's Bell, you know, she um, was really compassionate to Blake and, you know, they just seemed like there was a good thing going on. Um, and then in Toronto on the phone, she's just like, meh. Um, and similarly, you know, we saw Maggie and Jacob's Bell and now we're seeing Maggie outside of Jacob's Bell. And part of me is like, maybe there's something happening with that just not being Jacob's Bell. That's true. But you said you still think Maggie seems the same, whereas Paige seems a lot different, right? Yeah. Um. There's no right or wrong predictions. (laughs) I mean, there Um, technically are, but, you know. I'm just going to say that it's Blake not having all the facts about Maggie's motivations. All right. (laughs) I like it. 
We'll lock that down. Um, all right. Well, our previous discussion question, I'm going to read it, but we got no answers because I guess everyone is too controversial. I'll go with that. I didn't want to address it. I didn't want to address it. Um, it was basically, do you tend to agree with Blake or Rose up more up to this point in the story? Who do you empathize with more? Um, but sure. Maybe that'll, maybe that could contain spoilers or maybe it's just like, oh, it's too much. Or maybe you're tired of hearing us talk about it. But <laughs> <laughs> so this next discussion question involves you and it's not really a surprise because you heard me talk about it earlier. Um, unless Malia edits it out and then that's kind of funny, but <laughs> Our new discussion question is based on your profession um, or hobby, I guess, if you don't have a profession, um, what would your practice be? And I I've almost feel like we've said something like this before, but I don't think it was exactly with this. So I'm going to mm-hmm. go with it. Um, yeah. Do you do you know what yours would be, Jen? I don't know. Something like I, this is kind of why I feel like we talked maybe about this before, but um, maybe maybe alchemy or something. Mm. or like i don't think there's like a just like straight up healing um so probably like what about like a god um like how the trio had lessons from that one god in the blue heron about healing maybe that'd be pretty sweet i could be like a priestess yeah (laughs) Hmm. i could roll with that could be a priestess i'm catholic so i've got to be like i mean i i I know that does that Catholics are behind the times in terms of women being priests, but I could still be a Catholic priestess. Definitely. I'm going to do it. Perfect. All right. What about you, Malia? I already kind of know. It's I a- mean, the karmic law practitioner is the most yeah, obvious. That has to be it. That's like the one thing. Like, yeah, that's like the one thing we've talked about. So um, karmic law practitioner and Catholic priestess <laughs> slash alchemist. Yeah. I mean, it seems like depending on what type of law I was doing, like similarly, like if I was like a personal injury attorney, um, the, the sort of personal injury, like the power to make floors really slippery or something. Like, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like you dick. Um, um, something. Um, yeah. Or um, something about words. Um, oh, if I was a wills and estates person, I feel like maybe an auger would be really useful. Um, especially if I could like see into the past and be like, this is what this person wanted. Although proving that in court would be hard. That'd be um, kind of hard. But, but I like your thoughts. Something like that. There. Maybe. Okay. All right. Um, well, thanks for listening, everybody. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe, share it with your friends and leave a rating and review to support our podcast. Go to patreoncom slash doofmedia. If you'd like to support Wildbow as he continues to write fantastic stories, go to patreon.com slash Wildbow. You can follow the pod on Twitter at Pale Comparison or send us an email at paleincomparisonpod at gmail.com. Keep an eye out for our Reddit thread in r slash parahumans where you can answer our discussion question and share your thoughts on this episode. In addition, if you would like to see all of my predictions laid out, check out our episode description for a link to a prediction tracker. Next episode, Go ahead. we will be covering. <laughs> <laughs> Next episode, we will be covering chapters six point nine and six point ten. Yeah, um, I got so excited about my fun fact, I almost cut you off. <laughs> slash, I kind of forgot that you were saying that part. Um, <laughs> okay, this week's fun fact: um, you can actually find nicotine in eggplants, or 
as I say in the UK, aubergine, 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 aubergine. not aubergine, <laughs> aubergine, <laughs> A-U-B-E-R-G-I-N-E. I'm going to say eggplant because uh, that's what I'm used to. And I feel like I'm butchering the other pronunciation. <laughs> um, basically, um, 20 pounds or nine kilograms of eggplant has the same amount of nicotine as one cigarette. So I wouldn't necessarily count on that if you're, but I guess you could. <laughs> Try to eat a lot of eggplant if you're trying to quit smoking. So much eggplant. Yeah, Yeah, I'm just kidding. Uh, Get a nicotine patch or something. That's a lot of eggplant, but random. So weird. Just yeah. Yeah. Do people like smoke eggplant or like Uh, distill it? Let's not start like another like weird ass like banana peel or banana seeds thing. Right. That was like a thing. People used to uh, smoke or like snort banana seeds. Or like smoke banana peel because they thought it'd get them high. It doesn't get you high. Um, <laughs> Sometimes you just need the. Um, this I don't think. I mean, I've never done it myself, but placebo. I mean, that but the placebo effect is very real and strong we'll for you. sure. <laughs> All right. Um, on that note, um, have a good week. And Woo. I haven't had eggplant in a while. Actually, maybe I should buy some eggplant. <laughs> Not for the nicotine, but just for like, you know, the, 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 I guess the slight. Now I'm like, is it healthy? It has nicotine in healthy. it. That's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's got to be. It's healthier than a cigarette. That's for damn sure. Go eat an eggplant this week. <laughs> Don't eat an eggplant. Don't smoke it. Um, cause that's just sounds terrible. Yeah. One that's time I had, um, eggplant sushi. Um, what? Yeah, it was really good. Um, the, it doesn't sound good, but I'll take your word for it. Right. So I feel like, I don't remember what it's called, like shoyu eggplant or something. Like there's a type of, there's a way that I think like Japanese people often, whatever, Japanese cuisine prepares eggplant. eggplant. I remember, okay, so you remember Nuka? There's that one eggplant dish that mom really likes. Okay, I haven't, I've only been there once and it wasn't oh, that bummer. great the time I went there, which is, I know oh, a long bummer. time ago. I know. Cool, because w- I'm pregnant. Like, every time I go back, that's why. Oh. So it's like, I, why, I can't eat sushi. I mean, so um, next time I'll have to go. Okay, well, that, that place is supposed to be pretty good. So that was where you had show you eggplant? Well, okay, so this, yeah, this like eggplanty dish, I had that there. But in Austin, no, uh, in Houston, it's a chain, sort of. There's this place called Uchi, which is like really expensive bougie. And I knew someone who worked there. Um, mm. And so we went one time and um, she had gone with like a vegetarian. And so she'd eaten a whole bunch of their like non-fish related <laughs> items. Um, okay. And one of them was eggplant nigiri. And I don't, it was so good. It was like hmm. buttery and like, it was so good. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. So recommend D- if you ever see it on a random menu. Huh. Maybe I'll try that. I kind of ra- another random thing. Um, I found a recipe for misoyaki butterfish, and <sighs> I want to try it. Although oh I real, I was God. like, I was like, apparently like black cod is butterfish, and I'm like, hmm. where the hell do you get black cod? <laughs> where do you get black cod around here? Because damn, I freaking love like misoyaki butterfish. It's delicious. Um, and it's been a long time since I had it. Um. So I don't know where to get black cod, but I'm going to try. I was going to suggest maybe like trying at Asian supermarkets, but you live. Well, no, Colleen might have some. Colleen has Omart, which is an Asian supermarket. So they might have something. They have like better rice because I need to go buy some like short gram rice. rice. Um, 
Damn, maybe I'll try that because I need to get sake and white miso as well. Mm. And I think I have mirin. But yeah, it's like, it's really easy. It's like mirin. Let's see, it says half cup mirin, half cup sake, one cup sugar, one cup white miso, and then like four black cod fillets. And then you just like mix it all. Um, like, or mix, not the black cod, but you mix everything together, bring to a boil, um, and then like, or mix everything but the white miso, bring to a boil, and then you like turn the heat to low. Then you add the white miso and simmer until like it turns like kind of caramel color. And then like you basically marinate like the black cod in that for like one to three days. And then you cook it in the oven at 450 degrees for five to eight minutes. And then you broil for one to two minutes until the top is deeply caramelized and golden. And I just told you guys all the recipe in case it sounded good. <laughs> that sounds really good. <laughs> it is. I mean, yeah, if it's like other stuff, other ones I've had before, I'm hoping it'll be delicious, but I just need to find the fish. Cause I mean, I guess I could buy normal cod, but I don't think it's quite the same. I don't want to just buy normal cod. I need my black cod. My butterfish. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I feel like I'm ranting a lot. Um, it's kind of too late because it's the end of the episode. <laughs> but, you know, just figured I'd uh, acknowledge that. You know, I just I need to I need to feel relevant. And, like I have something to add to the world, whether it's, you know, medication facts or a misiyaki butterfish recipe. Um, and yeah, that's all I have to say. I mean, it's not all I have to say, but everyone knows that's not all I have to say, but I'm trying to keep it in (laughs) and failing. Uh, All right, Malia. Um, Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening, y'all. Thanks for listening. Um, Yeah. I bet you guys are expecting an eggplant recipe and you got totally different recipe instead. Somebody try it with eggplant. I bet it'd be good. I don't know how to cook eggplant. I mean, it might be fine. Yeah. It might, yeah. I don't know. It might be weird, but it might be good. Who knows? Who so, knows? yeah, feel free to try it. Um, I'm not going to because I need to find black cod. But have a good night. And sorry for blabbing so much, but I can't help it. I just like keep on talking. Malia just is going to have to like just shut this <laughs> off in the middle of me speaking because I just can't stop. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>